Warning. This podcast contains flashing lights, loud noises, and jump scares. And welcome back to The Other Castle. The Other Castle. I'm the co-host of The Other Castle. Andrea, who are you? It's me, Tom. Hi, Tom. Why are you looking at me like that? Because we are doing one of the creepiest fucking games that I think we've done on this show yet. And what are we doing to it? Well, we're breaking down its story, its lore, everything that it has to offer. Because that's what we do here on The Other Castle. We do book reports on video games. So we are going to get into the nitty gritty of the infamous... Five Nights at Freddy's. Ooh, this is so creepy. I've seen a lot about this, but I haven't played it because I don't like jump scare chasers. Yet you are like the horror queen on our show. (laughs) I have done plot lore and more on Outlast. I just did Dead Space last week. There's a bunch of other horror ones that I have in my catalog. I was the one that Little pushed nightmares. Us, I pushed us into doing Bendy in the Ink Machine. Yes, you definitely did. <laughs> Despite you going, this is not a fun experience, and me going, but the lore is so cool. <laughs> but I really love breaking down the stories behind horror games. I think specifically in horror gaming right now, there's such incredible writing and such unique stories being told. And, and actually, that's not even to say right now. I mean, I just did the plot lore and more behind Dead Space last week, and that was fucking wild. I'm still talking to you about it. I'm just going like, oh, and let me tell you about what Glenn Schofield said in this interview. And oh, his cat's right. named Leo and <laughs> all this stuff. But it's really exciting for me. So I'm stoked to hear about this one. Yeah, this game is easily the most requested one we have. Oh, gosh. No, I've seen that in our reviews. <laughs> our reviews, emails from people, just everything. Like we are getting so many people asking, do Five Nights at Freddy's. And, and, uh, and some demanding, just going... Do FNAF, you cowards. Yeah. I ain't no yellow-bellied coward. No, but, oh goodness, this is an intimidating one. I'll tell you what. (laughs) So if you remember back to our Portal episode a couple weeks ago, I said that my intention was to do two games in one episode. You want to do Portal 1 and Portal 2 as one packaged episode, right? Right, but then I realized that Portal 1 was just too dense that it got its own episode. I'm quadrupling down on that with Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, so we're actually going to do the first four games in the Five Nights at Freddy's series tonight. Okay, and then next week you're going to do this with the Uncharted series, right? All four of those? Good lord, no. Okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Holy checking. hell no. No, just the Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, it, there's reason for it. These are short games. These are not very quick games. They're so short, in fact, they were able to bang them out in just a couple of months. Oh, really? You just start to finish, knock them out? Yeah. Damn. Five Nights at Freddy's is a point-and-click horror survival game from the singular mind of creator Scott Cawthon. Ooh, I love when it's just like one person running the whole show. Oh yeah, he designed, programmed, voiced, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the whole damn thing. And then in the uh, coming months since the first game, not years, months, months, there would be four games. So he is an indie developer that just went off. He really did. Wow. And each one of these games were completely original, and they had different locations, timelines, gameplay, and characters and everything. Oh, so he 
didn't even use a formula to rebang these out. He would like adjust them as he went forward. There is a formula to it. There are some elements that remain consistent throughout, but okay. it's not just a reskin of the same game over and over again. Like these were cool. very unique takes each time. Like was it LDN that did all those movie games back in the day and they were all basically the same fucking like explore, shoot, hide games that were like all the same. The LJN games. LJN, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very similar to that. But better and bigger and much more creative. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. And to date, there are nine games in the main series with just a few uh, like spin-off games as well. Holy shit. That's more than Uncharted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's also like a ton of books and supplementary material to help flesh out the story of Five Nights at Freddy's as well. So they hit a couple different points of media in telling the story of Five Nights at Freddy's. Absolutely, they did. How many fucking nights are there? Well, it's weird because each game says it's Five Nights at Freddy's, but there's more than five nights in each game. <gasps> Mystery nights. Yeah, there's add-on nights. There's all sorts of stuff. And because of all of this material, that makes this episode really fucking hard to do. <laughs> I'm, well, I appreciate your hard work on this. Because a lot of this information is coming from games and material outside of the main four. Okay. And, like, for example, we're going to learn about a character and what happens to them in this episode, but it happens in the first four games in flashbacks. Oh. And the actual gameplay of what happened in that story is told in more detail in, like, a future game. Gotcha. Wild. Okay. So, like, for example, we don't get these characters' names in the first four. They're given names later on. Oh. But we're going to use those names because we do know them. I wonder if he had the Bible set up or if he backed his way into it. He backed his way into it. Oh, no! <laughs> absolutely he did. No, when he made the first game, he absolutely knew that it was going to be, like, a smaller part of a bigger universe. Mm-hmm. Kind of like original Star Wars. Okay. But he also knew that like this is where he wanted to start the story. Interesting. Gotcha. This resulted in like fan theories galore. Oh my gosh. The Reddits must be insane. The Reddits are insane. The YouTube is insane. Anything that can create content for this game is insanity. <laughs> and Scott Cawthon refuses to confirm or deny any theory. Honestly, good for him. Just like, <laughs> I, I'm putting this out there and I'm going to wander away. Fuck all of you. Like, as far as he's concerned, if it makes it into the game, then it's confirmed. Canon is canon. Fuck yeah, you. That's the only time that it is actually confirmed. Is he involved with the other pieces of media, like the comics and other pieces you mentioned? Oh, yeah. He controls a good majority of it all. Okay, so at least it's not just games and then someone else is running another arm of it. He is truly touching everything that's officially licensed and canonical. He's at least approving. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So in this episode, we are going to do very little theorizing. Okay, just canon only, baby. Yeah, we're going to stay as factual as humanly possible because, like, honestly, like I was saying, there are plenty of hours on YouTube content, like, theorizing on what happens in Five Nights at Freddy's, and, like, if you want just a theory, go to MatPat. The gaming theory, that's his whole world. That paid for his house. Yeah, absolutely. Just FNAF. <laughs> He's got something like 150 videos just on Five Nights at Freddy's. If you want all the crazy theories to this game... Absolutely. Dive straight in. We're not going to go into any of those. We're going to talk facts here today, everybody. Only the facts. We're going to tell what happens in the game and, you know, a little bit extra. Okay. I'm excited. So Scott Cawthon, he is a Christian man who made Christian games. 
What's a Christian game? Well, he was determined to spread the word of Jesus through his video games, and he joined a collective of game designers called Hope Animation. I can't tell if you're fucking with me or not, but it's weird if you're lying. No, like he uh, he absolutely was like trying to spread the word of Jesus through his games. The guy that made FNAF. Yeah, absolutely. So while writing his games, he felt that he was receiving like the stories from like a higher power. And you and I were both English majors in college. Yep. And we focused on creative writing. Yep. And like you've been in the zone before with writing where oh, yeah. there's a moment where you start thinking you're like, I'm not even coming up with what's coming out of me right now. There's a lot of theories about where that comes from. There's, you know, the collective consciousness. There's a lot of different ways to interpret this. He just felt God was giving him all of these stories. Like in the Book of Mormon. Yes, exactly. Like uh, Joseph Smith in the Book of Mormon. Did he put his head in a hat and... Things down on a tablet because I'm fully invested now. <laughs> Those games that he made were all massive, massive failures. No way. And he received nothing but backlash and ridicule for literally everything he made. <laughs> this this sounds like a bad screenplay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know this is someone's life, but like this is already off to a wild start and we haven't even gotten to the subject matter yet. Yeah, and then the majority of his games were honestly just ignored entirely. Will this be a Kirk Cameron movie at some point? Probably, yeah. Oh, I love This'll it. This'll end up on like a Hallmark Channel kind of thing. I am ready. No, probably not. No? I doubt it. Okay. People don't want a Five Nights at Freddy's story that starts on the Hallmark Channel. And yet here we are. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, he worked on 76 games before Holy Five Nights at Freddy's. 76? Some of them he did work on like as a work for hire. Okay. They weren't all his own games, but a lot of them were. Wow. That's a lot of games. So he's used to cranking these games out. I now mean, I feel weird swearing. I was going to say crank these fuckers out, but now it feels weird now that <laughs> in the context of the Lord. Of the Lord. <laughs> well, if you think of it that way, it's God was, you know, divine interventioning him to fail. Oh, my but if honestly for no other reason than he had to fail that many times in order to make the failure that would change his life forever. You know, Noah didn't build the ark the first time. He had to start with a kayak <laughs> and work his way up, you know. The ark wasn't where he started with his first boat. You build a canoe first. <laughs> you make sure the canoe can move a couple of turtles and then you work your way up. Well, he made a game that was called Chipper and Sons Lumber Company. This and is a Christian game and not a gay video I watched last night. Right. Okay. And it was starring beavers. And <laughs> I'm sorry, that makes it sound more like gay porn, <laughs> which I love. The character creations that he made in the reviews, people were saying are really creepy and they look like fucked up animatronics. Oh. And reviewer Jim Sterling even referred to it as unintentionally terrifying. <gasps> Oh, like the uh, Happy Tree Friends in South Park? Happy Tree Friends, yeah. Yeah, very much like that. Uh, I was going to bring them up a little bit later, actually, because it's very much similar to a lot of the stuff that kind of the, the history that this game and, and what the cultural impact that it has is very similar to what I would say like a Happy Tree Friends has. Yeah, but like you say it's a game about two beavers going at it over lumber and I'm just like, they're going to start fucking each other. <laughs> Well, these reviews actually sent him into a pretty deep depression, and he honestly just about quit making games. Don't make me feel bad for him. He's got stupid amounts of money. I'm on an <laughs> emotional roller coaster right now. Well, during this depression, he did dwell on the comment that his designs were creepy looking. 
Oh, that's going to be hard for an artist. And he was like, all right, you know what? Let's just lean into that. <laughs> oh, no. And let's make a horror game. Oh, my God. Now, I say let's. It's him alone in his own house just making these games himself. Just in his home office going, you want some horror? I'll give you some horror. And he thought of, like, reasons for a place to have animatronics. And outside of, like, a Disneyland, he thought of a place like Chuck E. Cheese. Oh. And for anybody outside the U.S., Chuck E. Cheese is, like, a children's entertainment group that features, like, arcades and pizza and has animatronic characters that perform, like, skits and play music. And for anybody in the Midwest, it's, like, pounding on their desks right now, hoping I'm going to mention it. Yes, they did buy out Showbiz Pizza in the early 90s, which was basically the exact same fucking thing. It was just the Midwest version of it all. Did it also have a rat that made you dance for your pizza? Yeah, it did. Okay, so yeah. truly the exact same thing. Truly the exact same thing. I had a Chuck E. Cheese down the street from me growing up in El Cerrito, and I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, we did too. We, we had a couple Chuck E. Cheeses. Like, we were right in between two. That was kind of cool. Nice. Yeah, one was really big and one was a little bit smaller. So it was like there's like the good Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> and then like the kind of crappy Chuck E. Cheese. And that's the great thing I about Chuck E. Cheese is that that has like persisted from when I was a child in the early 80s all the way up. It's still running today. It is. And if you've ever had Pascali's Pizza on DoorDash, that is a ghost kitchen for Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. And you've been duped into eating Chuck E. Cheese at a 20% increase. <laughs> She's not lying. That is very true. I love ghost kitchens. It's, it fascinates <laughs> me to no end. Like all these like Drake's hot wings and Wiz Khalifa's hot wings and George Lopez tacos. It's all Denny's. Yeah. Most of it's all just coming out of Denny's. Yeah. Mr. Beast doesn't exist, guys. No. It's Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> now, it was originally going to be just three games, and he did set up three to be the end, but he just wasn't happy with the criticisms of three. So he wanted to stop at a holy trilogy? He wanted to start at a holy trinity, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. it's I'm, I'm not going to get over that, because that's a wild fact that he started off as, like, the Kirk Cameron of gaming. Right. Ugh. What? So we already know that he is not, like, a fan of criticism. Can't take it well. Yeah. Gotcha. But he also lets that criticism drive him. Like the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> so he wasn't happy with the criticisms that he was getting for three. People were, like, really tired of all the jump scares, and there was really only one bad guy in the third one, and he wasn't really all that scary. Okay. So he added a fourth, and then that one was really supposed to be the end. Even the trailers and everything leading up to the game being released, they referred to it as the final chapter. Oh, okay. So he's like, definitively, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. It was not. <laughs> it wasn't. It just kept building and growing and expanding. And now it's just a fucking juggernaut franchise with more games and books and now like movies and TV shows coming. Like, oh, yeah. There's toys and merch at Target. Like, oh, my gosh. It's insane. It, children's birthday parties. It's outrageous that's pretty dark it seems super dark i was talking to a guy at work the other day who said his eight-year-old nephew had a five nights at freddy's themed birthday how macabre right and it's a horror game for children because again at the end of the day he was a christian man making christian games these games have no blood oh there are no violence you don't see huh. any deaths everything is implied it is an overall clean game. The only thing that's scary are jump scares. Is the implication. Yes, there's implication. It's the Dennis of games. <laughs> the Dennis Reynolds theory of like the implication. Yeah, right? Huh. 
One of the future games from this series, one that we're not going to talk about today, because it's called Five Nights at Freddy's World. It's a non-canonical RPG game where you can take on the, the persona of any one of the characters. It's a completely different kind of game. But he did also bring in a character called Chipper from that original uh, Lumberjack game. One of the beavers? Yes, and he's a boss fight, and he gets Chipper's Revenge. <gasps> I'm sorry. So this all came back around where the originating is a boss battle yep. and fights you while you're giving him money for the franchise that worked. There's now merch of this failed character that spawned all of this. I'm back on board. This is a redemption story, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> I thought he was a nerd and this is weird, but like this is kind of cool, actually. Right. You know, you kind of got to root for this guy in a lot of ways. There's some things where you're like, eh, I don't really love that. But then at the end of the day, you're like... But you, you were scrappy, man. The determination is fascinating. Yeah. He's like Shell from Portal. He never gives up. Exactly, right? And he's reclusive, too. I could find one interview. Oh. Like, that was it. A fascinating recluse is a great trope. I love that in a person. Right? I'm sorry. I know he's real. I'm talking about him. <laughs> I'm talking about him like he's fictional, but he is fascinating. And like he'll speak out when he's talking about his games. Like, like on he, Twitter and stuff. Yeah, he has no problem talking then. But like as far as like an actual one-on-one -on -one interview, he did it with one YouTuber. Yeah, this guy's pretty much impossible not to like run into if you're into Five Nights and Freddy's. His name is Daco. Daco. Yeah, he's got millions of videos as well just about Five Nights at Freddy's, and he's the only one that really got an interview out of the guy. And I guess it's because he beat a level that Scott considered it to be like impossible to beat. He performed a miracle? <laughs> he performed a miracle, yeah. I love this. And so he agreed to do an interview on the thing. And it's it's a well-done interview. You know, it's, it's about an hour and a half long. Oh, so he got some, like, significant time with him. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you get some good juicy tidbits out of it. But again, he tried to get him to, like, confirm or deny any theories that he had and some that MatPat had. And he, again, was just quiet about it. He's like, no, I'm not going to talk about it. Like, good for him. It's not going to happen. He has boundaries. He uh, said oh, yeah. no. He's got some integrity to him. Integrity. So Five Nights at Freddy's was released on August 8th, 2014 on the gaming platform Desura. I have never heard of that. Yeah, it's a web-based gaming service that's similar to Steam, but it's, uh, yeah, it's all web-based. Okay. Is Desura a Christian platform? No. Okay, so this, this came out as a secular game. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, no, no, he never really tried to release them as, like, Christian games. He tried to embed the words of Jesus into regular games. Okay, got you. So even though he was coming at it from like a Christian perspective of like evangelism through video games, it wasn't like have Jesus pull the cross behind you. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't doing like Bible games or anything like that. Oh, my dumbass thought you meant Bible games like round up two giraffes for the I fucking ark. You can tell I only went to church a couple times because I <laughs> know one story like, oh, avoid the whale. You're fucking Jonah. Um, okay, I... This changes my perspective, but I understand where you're coming from now. Yeah, Got I realize it. that. No, in the way that like in and out hides Christianity or Forever 21 hides Christianity into their stuff. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I was, I was like, so he's really just being like, all right, you're going to part the Red Sea. Press X. <laughs> gotcha. But it's more how it's like Austin 316 at WWE. Yeah. Like that. Right. Sure. I'm bad at wrestling and Jesus That's stuff. John 316, but I know at wrestling it's Austin, but it's, but anyway. I pray to Austin 316 every night. Good. What Good for you. What the fuck am I praying to? <laughs> Kidding. So 10 days later, it passed the requirements for release on Steam, and that's when literally everything changed. 
streamers lost their collective minds. Oh. In 2014, Twitch was like on the upswing. They had just done that Pokemon Red playthrough. Do you remember when that happened? Is this the one where it was the community that came together and was button mashing all at once to try and get through Pokemon? Yep. Yes. And we had, uh, it was either a Pidgeotto or a Pidgeot that was our savior. Yep. Um, <laughs> I didn't follow it, but I've seen recaps of it. I'm, I'm not big on Twitch, but I love Pokemon so dearly. But it's an important part of like gaming history. Absolutely. It was fascinating. It was a horrible social experiment. <laughs> but it brought a lot of attention to Twitch and a lot of new people started watching Twitch for the first time. Oh, so I only say that it's terrible and that it was messy as hell. But it was <laughs> fascinating to understand how the collective consciousness was coming together. Yeah. And <laughs> we were all just like, we have to beat Giovanni. And like, let's go. And also the evil Amazon was also in the process of buying it at the time. Oh, goodness. Five Nights at Freddy's was making its content creators just scream. And people love watching people scream. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. Like, if you look at YouTube right now, you just scroll through and it's everybody making that O face or like this look of like shock or horror or exasperation. Every single thumbnail looks exactly <laughs> the same these days. That's fair. And honestly, I, I blame this game for a lot of that. Yeah, you know, we saw a really big pop in like 2017 with Bendy um, and Tattletale and other kind of shock horror games that had really interesting stories. But this in 14, this is pretty early for that wave. Yeah, it absolutely was. So, Five Nights at Freddy's 1, August 8th, 2014. Wow. Five Nights at Freddy's 2, November 10th, 2014. Shut up. A whole three months later. No. Yeah. And it, like oh I said, not just the same game with a different skin. This was an entirely different game that changed like core mechanics, setting, and characters. How long does it take you to fold your laundry? Half hour. No, like a week. It sits on the chair and then <laughs> <laughs> or like put the dishes away. Like this guy knocked a whole ass game out in three months. Whole ass game. Wow. He'd do that again four months later with Five Nights at Freddy's 3. What? That one will be released March 3rd, 2015. In under a year, we have three whole ass titles in this franchise. Yep. Introducing all new concepts, gameplay, locations, everything. Oh, my God. Another four months go by. July 23rd, 2015, the fourth game in the series was released. All four games in under a year. A game he had no intention of making, <laughs> but he made it really quick. And it was so drastically different, the fourth one. People are literally still debating to this day whether or not the main character of that game is awake, in a coma, dreaming of somebody else, oh. dead the whole time. Nobody really understands what's happening in this game still today. Oh, that's wild. Again, I don't want to go too far into speculation. Okay, okay. <laughs> but this one does require some interpretation. Okay. As you said, in less than one year, he dropped four whole ass games, each one a cultural phenomenon. Rockstar gave us Grand Theft Auto 5 on the PS3 and were two whole consoles after that without a sixth Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> this is a guy that failed 76 times. Ugh. But 77 was the winner, bitch. Five Nights at Freddy's 2 released a month and a half earlier than expected. Wow. And Five Nights at Freddy's 4 wasn't supposed to drop until October 31st. Oh, shit. But he was done in July, so he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to release it. Wow. This is fascinating. And this is all independent, right? Like, it's just it's just him? Just him. So he didn't even, like, say, hey, I'm going to partner with a studio and bring in people to lighten the load. He said, fuck that. 
I can take it. Let's go. No, this wasn't like Bendy, where as the game like got more and more popular, he hired on people. Yeah. He kept it just him. Wow. He's a recluse just because he's fucking busy. <laughs> it's like, I don't have time to do interviews. I have eight games that I'm working on right now, and I need to release them in a week. And they look great. Like, I wouldn't put them on the same level as some of our most polished games. Right. But for as far as graphics go, they're pretty fucking solid. Yeah. And it's a big thing where it's one of those situations where a lack of money really bred creativity. Oh, I love that. Instead of like amazing moving visuals, we get a stagnant stage with stagnant characters for the most part. Interesting. And it reminds me of like Hanna-Barbera or Seth MacFarlane cartoons. Mm -hmm. And they would save money by just having everything stay solid and then just like the mouths would move and that's how they would save money on their animation yeah and you can see that something's a little brighter or a little more defined and that's going to be the thing that the character interacts with like oh that door is more bold they're clearly going to walk through the door exactly so they kept it cheap by only moving very little parts of the room and the screen and leaving the rest completely stationary okay and each one of these games does have moving characters but it's like very minimal in movement uh, and that's one of the reasons why I was able to crank it out so quickly. Like, he really just had to design the characters. And then once they were designed, he just had to place them in places. Did he do the sound and music for this as well? He he outsourced those. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot of music. Okay. He went with mostly just sound effects. Still creepy. Yeah, super creepy. And the first two games are pretty much similar in style. Like, they do change core mechanics. But as far as, like, what you're going to be doing in that game, they're very similar. Interesting. And then three and four, they each go in different directions. And like I said, the fourth one goes just completely off the walls in a different place. <laughs> I'm so excited. They even have like eight bit levels. Oh, right. OK, <laughs> sure, man. Yeah. Uh, in, in the interview, he even talks about how like his own personal gaming collection. He doesn't have anything past the Super Nintendo. Really? Yeah, he only plays like up to Super Nintendo games and that's it. And he's the king of Steam. And yeah, he's the king of Steam. Exactly, right? That's wild. <laughs> and then the horror doesn't just come from the design of the characters. While they're creepy looking, it wasn't enough to just make that the horror. The game relies on jump scares, mm. which for an adult, jump scares kind of the lowest form of scaring someone. As an adult with high cholesterol, too, it is a health risk. <laughs> Yeah, startling isn't really horror, but it gets a reaction out of people, you know? Yeah, that's true. What you find is that it is wildly popular with younger children. Jump scares are the highest form of scaring someone to a child. Oh, like hiding behind a door and going, boo! Yeah, exactly. That's the only way a kid can scare an adult is by doing that. But like you say to a kid, IRS tax audit, yeah. and nothing's going to happen to them. But an adult hears that and it's fucking terrifying. Are you ready? Kidney stones. My lord, what is wrong with you? <laughs> now that is true horror. <laughs> Don't even. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I uh, that PTSD. <laughs> Just the idea of kidney stones. Yeah, that's horror. But you say that to a kid, and they're like, "That means nothing to me." <laughs> What's a kidney? Yeah. I don't want to eat kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the other things that have made you know a little bit of the series difficult to follow is retcons that they've done okay and they've also allowed people to have aliases so like there are some characters that have names and others don't there are some characters that have fake names some that have multiple names some that have speculated names and there are some characters that may or may not exist at all 
Because fuck you. That's why. Because again, we're going to do our best here. Gotcha. It's very difficult to piece all this together. But much like our Bendy and the Ink Machine episode, there's a lot of history that gets explained throughout the games that the characters in these games already know going in, but the audience kind of has to piece together as they progress. Okay. So I kind of want to do like a lore dump that like it's been gathered from all the peripherals, a lot from the main games in the series, a lot of the different source materials before we get into the first four games of the series, because I do think it's important for us to know these things going in. Okay, yeah. So in the beginning. (laughs) We're only doing the first four games because really the meat of what happens in the world of Five Nights at Freddy's happens in these first four games. And all of these other supplementary materials really just serves to flesh out this story. That's fascinating. And also, I just don't want to have to do nine games. (laughs) Four is already hard enough. That's fair. (laughs) That's a good place there's, to There's pause. a lot of Five Nights at Freddy's, and uh, I think, yeah, doing the first four games, since it has the majority of the story to it. Okay, so we're just doing the first four. Totally get it. Yeah. And in starting this game, I had no idea that we were going to get another lunatic CEO. You know I love a good lunatic CEO. And here we are. We have... William Afton, founder of Afton Robotics. Afton is a great name. It is. That's a pretty solid name, right? William Afton. And oh, I'm glad you did that voice because he reminds me of Bertram Piedmont from Bendy and the Ink Machine in so many fucking ways. William Afton. Yeah. I imagine someone with a monocle and the voice comes to me. He has a lot of the same characteristics and ideals as Bertram Piedmont. Bertram Piedmont from Bendy and the Ink Machine is one of my favorite eccentric characters in gaming. Yeah, so imagine him being fully in charge. Oh, I love it. And he creates the Funtime Animatronics. He goes on to be a co-founder of Fazbear Entertainment, Inc. Uh, And then he also has three kids named Elizabeth, Michael, and a third unnamed child. Guess which one was, wasn't his favorite. <laughs> I love this. Now, in the early 80s, he met his business partner. You ready for this? Yeah. His business partner's name is Henry. No. Oh, yes. We have another Henry. I love gaming Henrys. I was not expecting another Henry, especially one that is like so closely tied to Bendy and the Ink Machine already in terms of like this whole like lore. Okay, so do you have a timeline of when this Henry met up with William Afton? Yes, the 80s, early 80s. Early 80s, okay, so this is right around Firewatch time for our other Henry. <laughs> My favorite Henry. Remember I said there are people with multiple names that are the same person, so. Okay, so canonically. It's, it's highly possible Henry has now entered into a third fucking game. Yeah! I am unreasonably happy right now. Okay, so canonically in my head canon, this Henry fucked off for a little bit, worked on Fazzy Bear Entertainments, made some fucked up machines, and then said, you know what, I'm going to take a sabbatical, went to Wyoming to Firewatch, burned down Wyoming accidentally, and then called up his old buddy Joey and said, hey. I love the idea that Henry made the same mistakes as Joey, just in a different location. (laughs) And didn't piece it together and... And was still like, yeah, Joey, let me see what you got going on in the ink studio. Right. Okay, I apologize for diverting and talking about Firewatch and Bendy and the Ink Machine. (laughs) But I love me a good gaming Henry. All right, so we've got William and we've got Henry 
running these animatronics. Yes, his name is Henry Emily. And together they opened Fred Bear's Family Diner. One year later, they opened their first Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. So these are two different restaurant concepts. Okay, there's a diner, family style, family diner, cute American shit. And then we have a pizza spot. They both still have the animatronics, but yeah. Got it. The Freddy Fazbear's Pizza is much more related to what you would consider Chuck E. Cheese today. Gotcha. Now, William Afton was obsessed with immortality and thought his creations were a step in making that possible. You really just breezed by obsessed with immortality <laughs> like that wasn't an insane thing to fucking say. I opened saying we have another insane CEO. Yeah, and then you just went, and here's why. And rich people are always obsessed with immortality. Jeff Bezos literally this week was talking about immortality. Of course he was. And how he thinks he will be doing it for himself. Is that what we want, though? Absolutely not. <laughs> this is great. I'm William Afton and I'll live forever. Henry never knows about any of this and just thinks he makes robots for the pizzeria. Okay, so he's never brought this up to Henry? They've never shared a milkshake and gone, so what are your thoughts on immortality, buddy? No, Henry actually doesn't have that big of an impact in like the life of William, other than the fact that it's his business partner. Well, he was distracted. His Australian wife was going through <laughs> early onset dementia. He designed these animatronics so their skins would fit over an endoskeleton. And an endoskeleton is really just like the mechanical workings of an animatronic. Oh, okay. So it's you can kind of reskin a robot to look like change out the animatronics. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Yeah. But these the way he designed it was that all the metal could that like operated the machine could retract into itself, into like the costume, mm -hmm. and then a person could wear that same skin. Oh, okay. So it could either move on its own or go into manual mode with someone in there? Yeah, exactly. So you have it set up on the stage and it just does the song and dance, and then it comes down off the stage, and then a person can wear it and go out and interact with the children as that character. So you don't need two separate ones. You don't need a mascot and an animatronic. The animatronic can retract and become the mascot suit. Yeah, because some reason that's easier than just making a fucking costume. Did you ever do the mascot thing in high school or like? I did for one game. Was it disgusting? It was terrible. I did it a couple of times, <laughs> <laughs> mostly to get out of class. But there was one time I just fucked off out of school and really? like ran into someone's PE class where they were playing baseball, hit a double in the suit, <laughs> which I have never done in normal PE. I've never actually hit the ball. <laughs> I'm on a video game podcast. I am not athletic. <laughs> and everyone knew it was me because I, I'm a lady with big boobs. And they all went, that's clearly Andre. <laughs> and my cover was blown and I had to go back to class oh but i get you yeah i did it for one basketball game and i mean people said i did well but i didn't like doing it so. what was your mascot i went to catholic school so we had an angel with a black eye an angel that got its ass kicked no he won the fight allegedly okay yeah against evil uh-huh all right i don't know i never there was no lore or backstory to this character Mine was a cougar. We won't be doing an episode on my... Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> on my mascot from high school. I'm glad that I was yelling go cougars at a young age because now I'm becoming older. It works for me. <laughs> All right, back to the scary mascot suits. Well, one night, Henry was working a kid's birthday party dressed as Freddy. Good for him being hands-on. Right, and his daughter had to come to work with him that day, but she couldn't go to the party because she wasn't friends with the kid. Oh. And she was forced to wait outside while he worked for these ungrateful brats. 
She couldn't even just sit at a different table. That's so sad. No, she had to wait outside. Poor baby. And he's running around trying to give them cake while his daughter sat outside crying. And while she was outside, William Afton, who is a family friend, approached Emily. Hello, Emily. I'm William Afton, your father's employer. And killed her. (gasps) Shut up. No, what? Right outside the restaurant. You are going from zero to fucking 60 on this. He killed his business partner's kid in front of their workplace? Yeah. She was sitting there crying. What else was he going to do? Ignore her like a normal man! Well, it's presumably all part of his, like, experiments for immortality. She's clearly not immortal. She's dead now. She is dead now. And she's a little girl? A little girl, yeah, so. What the fuck? And he was never caught for this crime. (gasps) No? And Henry, who was working during the time and his daughter died right outside, he almost committed suicide over this whole thing. Did he see this? No, he knows nothing. Oh, he just knows he came out of work sweaty and disgusting and his kid was dead? Yep. Horrifying. Horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Oh, she's just like dead next to the family station wagon. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. A short while later, William's unnamed son actually suffers from an accident with one of the animatronics at the original location. But who cares? We didn't even Fre- name this kid. Right, exactly. At Fred Bear's Diner. Oh, his poor unnamed third child. Yeah, like we're going to get into the details because that does happen in this game. Oh, okay, gotcha. So we're, we'll talk about the details of that one here in a little bit, like everything that happened with that. Ugh. And this causes that location to close. Reasonably so. Wait, so they didn't close down the pizza parlor? No. After that incident, but they will close down the diner. Yeah. Oof. So two years after the events uh, at the original location, William murders like a bunch of kids at the original pizza location. Oh, my God. He gets dressed as in one of the animatronics and he lures five kids into like the behind the scenes area. And he was caught on camera taking the kids into the back area. And none of the kids were ever seen coming out. Oh, my God. But he does get out like scot free because none of the bodies are ever found. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? Are we are we doing my favorite murder? What happened? Oh, it's gruesome. For a game with no gore, this lore is murderous. Yeah. Like honestly, this game should have probably been last season because that was the dead kid season. Yeah. And we've got a lot of dead kids in this, this one. This body count is starting to rival heavy rain, <laughs> which is concerning. What the fuck? Yeah, there's a lot of dead kids. Yeah, so the location was eventually shut down because the animatronics there started to ooze blood and mucus for unknown reasons. I can think of a few reasons. And then the entire company was sold off to another company entirely. So now William is out his company. But he still got paid off. Wait, that's fucking me up. (laughs) They didn't just close and say, like, we're shit out of luck. He got bought out. So he still got a check at the end of the day to walk away. Oh, he absolutely did. And I'm assuming Henry did, too, as his business partner. Like, Yeah, and that's pretty much it. We don't hear from Henry again. Well, that's because he goes to Wyoming (laughs) and the events of Firewatch happen. Go on. Exactly. Now William has money to start a new restaurant on his own. Oh, no. Where is Bar Rescue when you need it? And this time he is going in with the intent of making killer robots to help with his experiments for immortality. So it's a front. Oh, it's entirely a front. (laughs) For immortality murder testing. And he creates a new star animatronic that he calls Circus Baby. I don't like where this is going. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) I don't like it. I'm not into it. And this one was particularly deadly. 
And he even told his daughter, like, stay the fuck away from this animatronic. Like, please stay away from this one. I liked you enough to name you. You stay the fuck away from this one. <laughs> and, you know, kids never listen to their parents when they say, don't touch that. Totally. And his daughter gets killed by Circus Baby. Oh, shit. His baby gets killed by his other baby. And this is before the restaurant ever even gets opened up. No, this was in beta? Yeah. Uh, so the whole thing actually ends up getting shut down before anybody even before the whole place even opened. In fucking friends and family night? Yeah. Oh, uh, like you and I have both worked at restaurants. Like they, sometimes before a restaurant opens, they have a test run. Yeah. Where they you can invite a couple people. They give you like a two table section to make sure everyone knows their menu and knows the flow. Everybody's going to eat for free that night and pretend to pay. And yeah. Yeah. And then you fill out a bunch of surveys of like, was your food okay and shit. So I assume this is happening. Yeah, and his daughter <laughs> died during that night. So, poor service. <laughs> oh my god. Two years later. Mm, I'm stressed out. We haven't even gotten to the fucking game. We haven't even gotten to the games yet. Oh. William hears rumor that a brand new Freddy Fazbear's Pizza location is having strange occurrences. A new Freddy Fazbear's, see? And he sends his son Michael undercover as a security guard there to see what the rumors are all about. Oh, is I'm sorry, is this under his control? Or like, is it a part of his franchise or is this part of the new owners? This is the new ownership. Gotcha. So he doesn't actually have any stake in this one. He's already been bought out, but he's like, go check on my old boys for me, buddy. Yeah. And so we'll talk about that one shortly. Okay. About five years later from that. Jesus, we're just jumping. After a fuck ton of deaths. (laughs) One metric fuck ton of deaths. William goes back to the original freddy's family diner which Uh. has been shut down and closed and left to rot well it's haunted and he goes there to scavenge some parts for some of the old animatronics that were left behind totally you always return to the scene of the crime he goes into the building and he's never heard from again oh honestly good we shouldn't be hearing from the guy that's testing children's lives for immortality testing now these four games they jump all over this timeline Totally. This is a a wide timeline. And like I said, none of these names are provided and like hardly any of this detail is actually provided in these first four games. You have to like dig for the detail. Yeah. Most of what I've said has come from other materials and future games. Okay. And like some of our favorite games on this show, like Bendy and Little Nightmares, there's so much speculation and theorizing that can be done. Like I know I've left out a lot of details. I feel like you've given me a lot, though. I am reeling. And everything you said is canonical, right? Like, hard confirmed. This is all canonical hard confirms. Holy shit. And, like, I had to pick and choose exactly what I'm going to talk about in this episode. And the first four games really are, like, just the meat of what happens. Well, yeah, if he meant for four to be the final chapter, then it makes sense to go through one through four as our first, like... Yeah. Look at what this franchise means and what the story is here. Yeah, and everything else comes to just service the plot of these four games. Fascinating. You ready? No! Because <laughs> I think it's time to get into the games themselves. Oh, all right. Take me down to the diner. I'm ready for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, the first game, it has a surprisingly minimalistic menu screen. I, I was really surprised, especially when I went in to play it. I was just like, this is this is it? Just says new game or continue. So you played this on PS4? I did, yeah. And it's just a grainy image of Freddy with, yeah, new game, continue. That's the only options you get. And Freddy's like a bear with a top hat, right? Yeah, yeah, just it's a mechanical looking bear. Uh, and it dives right in with 12 a.m. first night. And you are provided with a first person view of a security desk with a desk fan and a bunch of security monitors. 
and you are playing as Michael Afton, son of William Afton. And it's midnight, so it's real dark, super creepy. Yeah, and you're there to see what all these rumors are about. Okay, interesting. So you're on a spy mission from Dad. You are. You don't know this going into this game. Again, cool. this is all just stuff that you learn with other material. Fascinating. There's a poster that says celebrate with the three animatronic characters on it. Um, there's a bunch of like hand-drawn pictures by children all over the walls. On that big poster, there's a golden bear, a purple rabbit, and a yellow chicken. Okay. They're bipedal, so they're just on their two legs, and they look like they're like human-sized. Okay, so like five and a half, six feet tallish between there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's like a really good estimate. Right, because they're animatronics that can be mascot suits, so that you would assume an adult can hop in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then to your left and right are open doors that lead into hallways. And on the wall next to these doors are two buttons, one labeled lights, and those turn on the lights in the hallway. Okay. And one labeled door, which slams like a heavy security door down to the hallway. Gotcha. If you mess with the controls, you'll learn very quickly, like, you can't move from this spot. Oh, so you are just stuck staring at these monitors. We've done walking simulators on this show before, with Firewatch especially. Mm -hmm. This is a sitting simulator. <laughs> like, we sit for the entirety of this game. We don't get up out of this chair. I've had corporate jobs. I get it. <laughs> you can pan left and right. And you can push the door and lights buttons or look at the security monitor, and that's really about it. Huh. And when you're looking at the security monitor, you can scroll through all the different rooms in the building, and there's 11 in total. That's a lot. One of those rooms shows three animatronics, and they're the three from the poster. Every other room is completely empty, and one room is labeled Pirate Cove and has a curtain over a stage that says, sorry, out of order. Oh, I want to see the Pirate Cove. In the upper right-hand corner of the screen is the time and the day number. So it says like night one and what time it is. Mm -hmm. In the bottom left, it says power left with a percentage. And below that, it says usage with a power bar scale that lights up one bar more every time you use something. So like when you're using the monitor, it increases the usage. When you use the lights, it increases the usage. When you use the door, it increases the usage. So everything you interact with takes up power and that power is measured through your power usage. Yes, okay. absolutely. So you only have limited power to use. Gotcha. The phone rings a couple of times and finally answers itself. And this very nervous voice comes over. He goes, uh, hello, hello, hello. And it's a recording. And this person, he is only ever known as phone guy. Phone guy. They really were like, some people are like, Henry Emily. And then phone guy. Yeah. Like, like I said, some characters don't get names at all. Some children of the creators don't get named at all. It's a very uneven naming process. It here. is. <laughs> yeah, even in later material, they don't give this guy a name. That's great. Good for him. It's a recording that he made on his last week of work, and he's going to train you through these recordings that he made on each night of his last week. Okay. So he's not talking directly to you. He gives you an introduction and welcomes you to Freddy Fazbear Pizza and says some legal mumbo jumbo about how the company is not responsible in the event of theft or damage to property or body. <laughs> Very casually or body. In the event you are found dead, a missing persons report will be filed within 90 days, blah, blah, blah. Like how Cave Johnson was like, I am not responsible for the missing astronauts. Like, so brushes <laughs> off the murder and bodily harm of the workplace. Yeah, right. So great. So yeah. he assures you there's nothing to actually worry about. Just the animatronics do get a bit quirky at night. Quirky. But who can blame them after having to sing the same songs over and over again every day for 20 years? I can. They're robots and should turn <laughs> off. 
Well, they are loved in the hearts and minds of children everywhere, and we should show them some respect. Should we? We should. Okay. I'm going to have nightmares tonight already. He tells you that at night, they're left in some kind of weird uh, free roaming mode and that they'll wander the restaurant. Henry, why did you do this to us? I blame Henry. Why are you blaming Henry? I feel like it's William did all of this. Henry did some shit and then dipped. That is suspicious. <laughs> he didn't murder anyone directly, but this feels like Henry's fault. Well, they used to be allowed to walk around during the day as well, but the bite of 87 changed all that, and now they're only allowed to roam at night. The bite of 87? <laughs> is this a fucking country western ballad? What the fuck? He says it is amazing that the human body can live without the frontal lobe. Ah. Yeah. Again, none of this is of concern to you, as this job is perfectly safe. This is your onboarding material. Yeah, so long as you follow some rules. The same way Baskin Robbins is like, fucking don't stick your hand in the ice cream. They're like, ha ha, murder. <laughs> the fuck? Well, here are those instructions that he's about to give you. Okay. So the animatronics, if they see you, aren't going to recognize you as being a person at this hour. They're going to see you as one of those endoskeletons without its skin. Oh, no. And this is against the rules at Freddy Fazbear's. Uh-huh. So if they see you, they're going to try to stuff you inside a Freddy Fazbear suit. And the Freddy Fazbear suit already has an endoskeleton inside of it, but that won't stop them from stuffing you inside of it. Why do they feel they should take this task upon themselves? <laughs> what the fuck? Because it's against the rules. I don't care for the reality that is built into their AI. <laughs> and doing this would definitely cause a bit of discomfort and death. Because you'd be stuffed into a pre-existing mechanical contraption. Yep. And like basically torn to shreds as you're shoved inside. And then he signs off reminding you only to use the doors if one of the animatronics is right outside your door in order to conserve power. Okay, bye. He'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh my god. <laughs> Now, a night in Five Nights at Freddy's is from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m., which takes 8 minutes and 55 seconds of real time. For one hour or for the whole night? For the whole night. Okay. One full night takes 8 minutes and 55 seconds. So it's basically just 9 minutes of tension each night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there is strategy to this game, even though like the movements of the characters are completely random. Okay. The animatronics that you're up against are the character from the poster, so their names are Freddy Fazbear. The bear with the top hat that I mentioned. Correct. Okay. There's Bonnie Bunny. Oh. And Chica the Chicken. Gotcha. The fourth one you're up against is named Foxy the Pirate, and he gets introduced in the next round. Okay. And they make noise every time they move from one room to another, so you have to start checking the security cams to see where they went. Oh, okay. And they make their way towards your office. Now, the only place that doesn't have a camera is right outside your office in the hallway. And the lights are off. So you have to turn on the lights to see if anybody's there. If you see somebody's there, you got to shut that door as quickly as humanly possible or else they're going to run in and jump scare you and you die. I'm so creeped out. <laughs> so then to your point again, you said there's no blood and gore. So you don't see yourself getting shoved into the suit if they catch you. No, it's just it's literally a jump scare, mm -hmm. a loud scream obviously. Yeah. And it fades to black and says game over. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. yeah but yeah, you don't get seen getting shoved into a suit or anything like that. No. Okay. Ah. And then once those doors are shut, there is a window that goes into the hallway. So you have to turn on the lights to see if they're still there. Okay. So you can kind of check to know when it's safe to open your door because having the door down takes power, right? It does. Keeping the door closed starts to drain your power. Okay, so my scaredy cat ass can't just close the doors and go, 
Let's call it a night. No, you cannot do that to beat this game. Just keep the doors closed and continue because you will drain all of your power. And then once the power is drained, they have free access. You are fully ugh, scary. Okay, gotcha. What I found really interesting is that Chica always comes through the right door and Bonnie always comes from the left door. And that is the position they're standing in on that poster. They're creatures of habit. Yeah, I thought that was really clever. That's funny. Now, Freddy himself has two forms, actually. Oh. So there's the version that wanders the restaurant, and he can come through either door, but mostly through the right door. Okay. And then there's Golden Freddy. Like a shiny Freddy? And he only appears as an apparition. Bitch, you got ghosts in this bitch now? You do have ghosts in this bitch. He appears completely at random, and like words will flash across the screen saying, it's me, I'm coming. What? And if you like need to get away from him, you need to like look at the cameras a lot and just hope that he goes away. Sometimes he doesn't. Like sometimes there is no strategy to this and he'll just fucking get you and he's going to jump scare you and you have to start over. Okay, so William the father sent Michael the son to see Freddy the Holy Ghost. (laughs) This is insane. But this is the entirety of the gameplay of Five Nights at Freddy's. For the first one. Yeah, if you play this strategy perfectly... You will experience no jump scares, and it will be very boring. (laughs) But that means you're good at it. Right. If you're really good at it, you're going to have a very boring five nights at Freddy's. Like how in golf you want to swing the least amount of times to win. Yeah. (laughs) Golf so bad, the whole purpose. (laughs) Is to not play. (laughs) Now on night two, Foxy is activated. Is Foxy a Foxy, babe? No, Foxy is a creepy-ass pirate fox mechanical operation that is scary as all hell falling apart in fact the reason it is closed down is that foxy keeps kind of falling apart should have expected that never mind (laughs) and you need to keep an eye on pirate's cove as much as possible because like he doesn't like being watched is essentially how it comes down to oh and so you have to keep watching him in order to keep him at bay yikes but if you look at pirate's cove and there's nothing there It means he's running directly at you and you need to shut that door immediately. Oh, shit. Because he's going to be right outside there pounding on the door trying to get in. So he's full zero to 60. Yeah, he's one of the few characters that you can see move. Like if you see that stage is empty and then you go down to like one of the hallway shots that lets like towards your office. Yeah. You see him tearing ass down that hallway towards you. And it's yeah, it's scary as hell. Jesus. So we get to night three and phone guy calls again and he tells you that most people by now have quit. Or died, probably. No, he's definitely not implying that they died. Okay. He makes sure to tell you, no, I'm not implying anybody died. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't realize he went out of his way (laughs) to bust my myth prematurely. But he does say that night three is when things start to get real. Really? Because as the week goes by, they become more aggressive. The stakes have felt pretty high. Yeah. So by Wednesday, they're just agitated. Yeah. Now, again, the gameplay itself is the same every night. It's just that it gets a little bit harder. Okay. Okay. Now, night four, phone guy calls again, and this time he sounds distressed. Oh. And he says things have not been going great for him that night. And you can hear pounding on the door outside of his office while he's talking to you. Oh, shit. And some, like, creepy music, like, out of a music box starts playing. (laughs) And phone guy starts going, oh, no. Oh, no. And then a loud screech is heard, and the phone goes dead. Oh, my God. Night five. Oh, my God. The phone rings. It answers, and it's just the sound of the devil coming out of it. 
What? Honestly, it is just creepy, undistinguishable sounds. It's the devil. It's not phone guy. It's at not all. phone guy anymore. It's just the fucking devil. Oh my god. And if you survive the night, you receive your paycheck of $120 for the week. That's all you fucking get. Yep, and based on minimum wage, that makes it speculated to be about 1993. What the fuck? Oh my god. Now you can do a sixth night and get an additional 50 cents in overtime. I hate everything. <laughs> this, is a, this is a commentary on capitalism. <laughs> And the name on your paycheck is Mike Schmidt, which is your undercover name because your father's name, Afton, would have been recognized. Everyone knows Michael Afton (laughs) of the Aftons. And that's the first game in its entirety. Yeah, so it's just like, it's really quick. It's a quick game and they just have like little hints and teases at some of the lore. A lot like Bendy did with its first chapter. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at Five Nights at Freddy's as releasing in four chapters the way, you know, a lot of these games released in five chapters and stuff over the time. Yeah. It really doesn't feel like four separate games. Totally. And timeline wise, if each one is, let's, I'm going to ballpark it to nine minutes. It's under an hour to do the full six nights. Yeah, absolutely. So it is on par with like a Bendy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it is. Okay. So three months later, we got Five Nights at Freddy's 2. And it opens up on a newspaper for an ad for a job at the new and improved Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Okay. And has a picture of the three animatronic characters from the last game, but these ones are like brand new looking. Because the old ones, they looked old. They looked like they came from the 80s and hadn't been upgraded in (laughs) 30 years. Been sitting there. Yeah. Well, I guess this was 93, so 10, 15 years they hadn't been upgraded. We get into 12 a.m., first night. What could go wrong? Everything. Death. Mostly death. So you're in a new, different security office this time, and there's this big-ass window in front of you with no lights on in that hallway. And then to your left and right, there are air ducts instead of doors. Oh. Once again, we have a button that turns on the lights in the air ducts, but there is no door button this time. Okay. And again, we have a fan and monitors on our desk. Mm-hmm. Phone rings and phone guy is on the other end. Oh, phone guy. You're okay. Hey, buddy. And he welcomes you to your new summer job at the new and improved Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. Yay. And he goes on to explain that the old location has been shut down and that it has been going downhill for quite a while. Because of the murders. <laughs> <laughs> this location is state of the art. And has brand new animatronics. Okay. These ones are even allowed to walk around during the day. The first guy to have your job complained about the conditions and requested to switch to day shift. Reasonable. (laughs) He does not like working at night. Yeah. And the conditions he's talking about was that the animatronics kept trying to get into his office. (laughs) And they were never given a proper night mode. So when it's quiet, they seek out where the people went. I hate it. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) And the only people... Is the security guard at night. You're the only people there. So they decided to put a music box at the prize counter that needs to be wound so that it distracts the animatronics and keeps them away from your office. Oh, okay. I get you. But only one of them is affected by it. But it is the scariest one. So you need to keep that bitch wound. So that's worth it. The animatronics this time around are called toy versions of Freddy, Chica, and Bonnie. Toy versions. They call them toy just because they are fresh looking. They're made like, they look brand new. Okay, they're not decrepit. And they're very cutesy. They haven't seen shit yet. Yeah, they don't look scary at all. These are very cute looking characters. Do they still have the same motivations? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. (laughs) So they're still out for blood. (laughs) Got it. 
Because there are some older versions from the old location here as well. Oh, God damn it. Foxy the Pirate is also here, and they have one called the Mangle, which is the toy Foxy. The Mangle? We'll explain why he's called the Mangle in a little bit. Don't name something Mangle and expect it to be okay. And then there is one called the Puppet, which is a marionette-style puppet and is the one that is controlled by the music box. Nope, that's never okay. Yeah, this one's unstoppable once the music stops playing. Unstoppable marionette puppets. Yeah, and like the only way to really win is if you happen to get like right at 6 a.m. and the music stops. Ah. Otherwise, there's nothing that's going to stop this fucking thing. This is a bad acid trip. <laughs> and then there's Balloon Boy. There are too many characters. Oh, there's in this a one. lot of characters in this one. Oh my god. And Balloon Boy can't hurt you, but he messes with the lights. Balloon Boy. So he makes it so you can't turn on the lights or anything. Son of a bitch. Bonnie, Chica, and Balloon Boy, they all come in through the vents Eh. that are on the sides. Freddy, Foxy, and the puppet come in through the window that's in front of you. So there's some that crawl through the vents like fucking die hard. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, totally terrifying. And you said that the vents don't have any doors or blockers. They're just open into your office, They're just open going into your office. Ah. So you're wondering, how do you stay, like, safe from these? I'm wondering a lot of things. <laughs> but go on. Yeah, you are given a flashlight in this one. Uh, that's your only resource management, though. So the place isn't running on generator power, which, why was the last place running on generator power to begin with at night? It's the 90s. That was a strange-ass thing. So you really only have a flashlight. And the lights to the vents, they'll always work unless Balloon Boy is in the room with you. Fucking balloon boy. And you can make the characters, uh, like, at the window go away by flashing your flashlight at them. Oh, okay. So light can confuse and make them go away. Yeah. It resets them to home base mode. Like in Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> like, he flashes the camera at him and he's like, whoa, you gotta get out of here, Yeah, man. yeah. That's where the Get Out comes from. exactly thank you jordan peele this time your security camera has 12 rooms to monitor including the vents that lead into your office it's too many yeah the last thing that phone guy tells you about on night one is the way you are going to stop them from attacking you is they have given you a freddy mask nope don't become one so you just put this freddy mask over your head and they'll see you and think you were one of them and they'll leave you alone So some of these you flash with a flashlight to reset them and have them kind of rewire and go home. And some of them you have to be like, I am among you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I don't like either of these options. Well, if you fail to flash your light, they're coming in through that front window. I don't like it. And yeah, if you see them in your room with you, you got to put that mask on real quick. And then they get like right up in your face and they (laughs) stare in through your eye holes. And then, like, the lights start fuzzing out, and then they disappear, and then you can take your mask off. I assume you can't leave your mask on for the whole game, like my pussy ass would. You can't. That's why he added the music box. Oh, so you have to take the mask off so you can touch the music box and reset it. Yeah. Then I assume you also have to, like, adjust to do your flashlight and stuff. Yep. One step ahead of me. He is. No, he really did think all this stuff through. And that's why Foxy also cannot be uh, stopped by the mask either. He can only be stopped by flashing your flashlight at him. Uh. So there are certain things you got to do to take your mask off. So he he definitely like found ways around your little bullshit that you were just trying to pull. (laughs) Damn it. Because he knew that that people were definitely going to try that. I hate it. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Tell me everything. Now, night two, phone guy calls again. 
and he points your attention to some older models from the closed location in one of the cameras. And they were using them for parts, but the smell was just overwhelming, and they stopped using them. The smell of old parts was gross. Got yeah. it. Yeah. And that's really all the advice that he has for you on this night. That's a lot, though. He's like, here's how to stay alive. Good luck. <laughs> Bless his heart. Night three, he tells you about how Foxy got a makeover and was put in the little kids area. The little kids kept taking him apart. Oh, Foxy. And so that was the toy Foxy that got put into this area. And they kept taking him apart and they were tired of putting him back together. So they just kind of made it an attraction of put Foxy back together. <laughs> that's Wait, that's pretty. That's some good ingenuity right there. <laughs> like, fuck it. And so this pile of Foxy parts was come to known as the mangle. Oh, I don't like that. Because he's just a mangle of wires and parts. <laughs> he sounds the most terrifying. And he reassures you that the rumors flying around about Freddy Fazbear's are not about your location and that you don't need to worry about it. It's a different murderous Freddy Fazbear's. <laughs> Jesus. On night four, he has something he needs to tell you. Thursday night, let's get real. Fazbear Entertainment is being investigated and they may need to close all locations for a while. Maybe. Unrelated, don't make prolonged eye contact with any of the animatronics. The day staff say they're acting strange with the adults. Oh no. With the kids, they're being perfectly fine, but with the adults, they just start staring. They can smell the cynicism of adults. <laughs> on night five, he tells you to keep a close eye on anyone coming and going, especially former employees. Oh. A spot opened on the day shift, and they're going to transfer you to it. And they keep trying to contact the original owner of the restaurant for uh, Fred Bear's family diner. William? Yeah, which was closed for years for, quote unquote, some reason. Uh-huh. Mm. At the end of night five, you get your paycheck for $100.50. You're making less than fucking Michael did? The date says it's 1987. <gasps> Shut up! We've this been in the past this entire time. <gasps> it was a prequel the whole time? The whole time. Oh, that's good. That's why Phone Guy was here. He really didn't survive. <laughs> <We're just kidding. laughs> okay, so canonically, this is years before. So was William still in charge of the Fazbear's empire? He was not. Okay. Ooh. Oh, that's right. You said that they were trying to reach the former owner. Yes. Because presumably they already exchanged hands. And they're trying to figure some shit out. They're trying to figure it out, but and they couldn't find him. Because at this point, he had already wandered into the original location and never came back out. <laughs> night six. <sighs> because there's always a night six in five nights at Freddy's. Okay, so but just to confirm for my sanity. So <laughs> the game is 50 minutes-ish of five different nights. And then night six is like an optional. like An add-on night. An epilogue. Yeah, a little tag. They are utilized better in the second, third, and fourth game than they were in the first. Okay. The first was just an extra level. Yeah. These start to flesh out more story in gotcha. the six nights. I have chills that that was a, a prequel. Damn. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Right? Threw that one out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, phone guy calls on night six. Mm -hmm. And he asks, why are you there? The place is shut down. Oh, no. He says someone used a yellow suit and that now none of the animatronics are acting right. Oh, no. He doesn't say what they were used for. Bloodlust. Tomorrow, you'll be on the day shift as there's one more event, which is a birthday party, and that you need to stay close to the animatronics tomorrow and don't let them hurt anyone. 
Someone died at a birthday party once. And he'll take the night shift going forward. Oh. Five Nights at Freddy's 2 also includes a mini game called Take Cake to the Children. And this is done in 8 bits. And you play as Henry, dressed oh, no. as Freddy. No, 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 no. Eating cake to a bunch of kids at a party. Outside, you see a crying girl. And you watch as William comes and kills her. <gasps> Is it William as a man or is it William in a suit? I'm so glad you asked this because at this point in the lore, we didn't know who William was when uh -huh. this game was released. So this was just somebody known as the Purple Man. This Barney. is a character that is just a stick figure, almost like Slender Man, uh -huh. that is all purple. And this is a character figure that is going to stay with us for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. Describe my face. I'm all fucked up right now. You look sad and terrified at the same time. Yep. Like, you just discovered a new serial killer because you did. Ah! Now, at the end of this mini game, we get a jump scare of the puppet after the little girl dies. Uh. In another mini game, we see Foxy the pirate being told to go, go, go. And you follow an arrow and you come out on a stage to hooray and children applauding. Mm -hmm. And you go through this twice. Okay. As Foxy coming at, out on stage? As Foxy coming out on stage and children cheering. And then the third round. Purple Man is on the stage with you. Oh, no. You walk in, and the kids are all dead. Oh, my God. In another mini game, what the fuck? you're Freddy, and you follow the puppet through a Freddy's location, and you come upon the Purple Man, who charges you and kills you. Oh. The final mini game finds you as the puppet, and you are surrounded by the kids that were just killed in the last mini game. Like when they were still alive or corpses? They're corpses. Ah. And you go around and you give each of these dead kids a gift. Is it immortality? The gifts open and they are the head of a different character uh, from Five Nights at Freddy's. You say there's no blood or gore. This feels really bad. Well, they're animatronic heads. Yeah. The puppet puts a different head on each of these children. There's a different animatronic head on each dead child's body. So these mini games are showing the origins of how these characters have come to life. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> what the shit is, oh my God. The puppet is the spirit of the little girl that William killed. Ah! And she is putting the spirits of all these other children into the Five Nights at Freddy's characters. And that's what's causing them to wander around at night. What the fuck? Well, she was gifting all these spirits of these dead kids a chance to live again. Remember, this is all an experiment in immortality. Okay, so usually in this show we have a drinking game. <laughs> but, like, I need an unprompted cocktail right now. I don't need an excuse. I have my excuse to drink. I don't need the game prompt that we usually have. I just, I need, I need tequila. Is this draining you? I need tequila. <laughs> like the life force of children? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Now we're on to Five Nights at Freddy's 3. And I'll start out by telling you right out the gate, this takes place 30 years later. Oh, so like more present day. Yes, a bit more present day. Uh. And we are once again playing as a security guard. This time we are playing at an amusement park that is opening a haunted house based on the unsolved tragedies that occurred in the old Freddy Fazbear's locations. Ah, uh, bitch, no, no. This no. is like... The stab movies in the Scream franchise, essentially, you know, like, oh, this horrible tragedy occurred. Let's capitalize on it. I was just going to say, what Bloomhouse production put this together? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? And the ride is called Fazbear's Fright. Mm -hmm. 
I'm and upset. <laughs> it is featuring actual relics from the decades old pizzeria. Nope. Mm-mm. So we open up on a security office as per usual. And the desk has a big window in front of it. And lights are actually on in this hallway. Oh, thank God. To the left is another open hallway. And again, the lights are actually on. This time the camera has 10 rooms on one set and another of five cameras in a ventilation system set of cameras that they've now added. So 15 total camera screens? Yeah, 15 total camera screens to cycle through. Okay. And you seal your room through the ventilation system. Okay. So once you're looking at the cameras, you can seal off different sections of the ventilation system. Gotcha. And that's how you're going to keep the enemy at bay. And I mentioned earlier, this game only has one bad guy. Instead of all of the different robots coming at you. I feel like William's the bad guy. (laughs) He is definitely the bad guy of the series. That's my big takeaway. (laughs) Is that the guy obsessed with immortality is not the good guy. Yeah, and you can use noises in, like, other rooms to distract the enemy. They give you, like, creepy, like, little kid voices to, like, use and, like, play, like, hello in, like, other rooms. Oh, yeah. No! Super creepy shit. What the fuck? But there's no resource management, like, power or flashlights of the battery this time. Oh, and resource management was the entire game last time, like, strategy and resource management. Yeah, instead, this time, you get this maintenance panel that you have to keep an eye on, and there's, like, different systems that go offline that you need to reboot every once in a while. Okay, so it's a different kind of spinning plates. Yeah, it is. So it's, again, changed all the core mechanics, and this was four months after the last game came out. Oh my god. He must be so haunted. So remember, phone guy did die back in 1993. Mm. And now we get a phone call from somebody who is called Phone Dude. (laughs) Because it's the modern times, man. He's a secular security guard. Oh, yeah. He's full blown like pothead stoner surfer dude. Like, hey, man. (laughs) These people still have to get their guard cards. A (laughs) a lot of states make you do like a urine test and stuff. It's not necessarily a stoner job to be a security guard. (laughs) But okay. Uh, My dispensary would argue otherwise. Fair. And he has quite the exposition dump for you. Okay, let's go. This ride is going to be a walkthrough attraction, much like a typical haunted house. Mm -hmm. And the customers are going to work their way all the way through and eventually past you, who will be a part of the attraction as the security guard. (laughs) You're you're a performance guard. Well, if you remember the lore, the guards are always a part of the lore of Freddy Fazbear's. That's true. So they want to make the actual security guard just be the character of the security guard. They're just trying to kill two birds with one stone in this situation. Like how on the Universal Studio tour, the uh, driver is technically a part of the tour and yeah. is on camera for a second and shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. But they're like, this is not technically what I signed up for. <laughs> Entirely. Okay. And he's a little disappointed because honestly, the only thing they have so far are some flashing lights and like some props. They don't have anything really from the actual Fazbear's that's like worth seeing. Ironically, that's all you had in the first game was flashing lights and props. Like, <laughs> no, right? it works. It's a formula that has worked. Like they do have an old foxy mask, but he's not even sure if it's authentic or not. Mm-hmm. And he did manage to find you an old school fan that looked like the one that was in the original. That's funny that that's weirdly the thing that's coming back around. <laughs> I know, right? And that they did find a lead from someone who helped build the old locations. And he said that there is a room, like a security room, that got walled off at one point, And that they might be able to find some stuff behind that if they knock out the wall. Nope, don't do that. 
And then his final warning is that you need to keep the ventilation system online or you're going to start hallucinating. What the fuck, man? Honestly, night one's a complete waste of time. Okay. Uh, it's really short. They don't make you wait the entire five, like the whole six hours on that one. Oh, you get to clock out early. You get to clock out pretty quick because they don't even have any animatronics at okay. this point. And they have to get through all that dump of uh, <laughs> lore and shit. Too. Oh, yeah. No, they had a lot of lore to dump because also in between each of the days, you are treated to a mini game. Oh. So instead of having mini games be separate from the game, these ones are all going to be in between the days. Okay. So you get kind of chapter and then a mini game chapter and then a mini game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the, for this first one, you play as a Freddy animatronic and you come off the stage and it's raining indoors for some reason. Hmm. Is it the sprinklers? No, it's raining. Okay. Like you can hear rain. Got it. And you follow this shadowy figure and the shadowy figure goes through a door, but you can't. Oh, and you turn to walk away and the purple man comes and attacks you from behind. Oh, no. You as the Freddy animatronic fall apart into pieces. Ugh. So night two comes and you get another phone call from phone dude. And he tells you that they managed to break into that old room that he was talking about. <laughs> and they found some of the old training tapes. And he's going to have those playing during the ride. So that way it adds some like authenticity to the whole experience. <laughs> uh, he also managed to find a real animatronic and that they've put it somewhere in the building. So it's there right now. Oh, it's going to find you. And he logs out saying he's going to play you one of the training tapes. Is it phone guy? And it's phone guy. Phone guy? Phone guy comes back. I'm weirdly happy for him that he got to be in three of these. <laughs> Hell yeah, phone guy. And Scott Cawthon plays all these characters. Oh, good for him. Yeah. And voice guy comes over and he welcomes you to your new job as a performer for Fazbear Entertainment. Oh, that's cool. So you don't even get the same spiel. You get a different spiel from Phone Guy. Yeah, this is not for a security guard. Phone Guy was like the head trainer of the Fazbear Entertainment world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's great. <laughs> I love it. And he tells you about the suits and how to retract the endoskeleton inside of them so that you can wear it. Mm -hmm. And he tells you that you must be careful as accidental injury slash death slash irreparable and grotesque maiming can occur. He's so casual about workplace death. Like <laughs> this world really is in line with like the Joey Drew Studios and like the Cave Johnson of Apertures of the world. Of, like, yeah. You might die, but who gives a shit? You just have to ex accept that this might happen to you. Yeah. And he tells you to make sure that the spring locks are fastened tight so that the animatronic components stay retracted. Mm -hmm. And now you're up against Springtrap. And that is the only animatronic that can kill you in this game. Springtrap. Since in the last game, playing perfectly resulted in zero jump scares, they realized they needed to do something for people that are going to play it perfectly this time. <laughs> so you don't get bored? So there are jump scares that cannot kill you. Oh, go to hell. Uh, remember how the ventilation needed to happen or else you'll start hallucinating? Yeah. You start hallucinating some of the other animatronics and they start jump scaring you. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> They're called phantom animatronics. Ugh. Yeah. They can't kill you ever. Springtrap is the only one that can kill you. And we haven't met Springtrap at this point either. No. Like in the other Five Nights at Freddy's games. I'm imagining like a Jack in the Box. <laughs> no. So Springtrap okay. is a giant rabbit. So sure. it looks a lot like the Bonnie rabbit that we saw before. Okay. But that one was a blue rabbit. This is a yellow rabbit. Okay. So kind of a mixture of that one and the chick. And Chica. Yeah, absolutely. 
and you keep Springtrap at bay by alternating between making noises in like some of the rooms and like closing those vent traps between them. Gotcha. So night two ends and you get another mini game. And it's pretty much the exact same mini game that you played before, but now you are Bonnie the Rabbit. Okay. And you follow the exact same path that Freddy went. You get in there, you see Freddy's dead body on the ground, mm. and you try to get through the door, can't turn around and walk away. Purple guy comes and kills you. So night three starts, and phone guy is back. Hey. We don't get phone dude anymore. He's like, I'm taking a break, bro. And he's got another corporate message and tutorial. He reiterates the importance of making sure the spring locks are in place while wearing the suit. Any kind of movement, moisture, or tampering could result in them dislodging. Any moisture, like if you sweat a little bit, which you've been in a mascot suit, you know that bitch is sweaty. So sweaty. Ugh. And if they do fail, get yourself away from anyone so they don't see you bleed. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like Disneyland. They do have a rule where if you like throw up in your mask, you have to like take yourself away from like you have to get away from behind scenes before you can take that mask off even Ew. if you've thrown up inside your own mask Gross. like they're like do not ruin this for any child there's no business like showbiz baby <laughs> the mickey mouse on the vegas strip does not follow that rule no he definitely hung out with people smoking mouth i saw that shit yeah it was in front of harris <laughs> we're not making that up nope <laughs> and then at the end of night three you get another mini game this time you play as chica you're just going through all of them. Yeah, and you get the same outcome as the others. Night four comes, you get another phone call from Phone Guy. Now he's telling you that due to an unfortunate accident, there was an incident at a location where multiple spring locks failed simultaneously. Oh my god. And corporate has determined that the suits should not be worn by anyone. <laughs> Never mind, we're pulling the whole thing. Yeah, you're to wear the temporary normal costumes until further notice. And by temporary normal ones, that's without the spring locks and shit. Yeah. Just, just a, a mascot bag. Absolute normal. And I think it's even implied that these are not characters from Freddy Fazbear's even. Oh, like a generic animal. <laughs> yeah, they just got like generic animal costumes to wear for right now. <laughs> That's really, like if you went to Chuck E. Cheese and they had the stage clothes and they're like, here's an elephant walking yeah. around. You're like, you have nothing to do with this theming. You don't care about cheese. Yeah, pretty much the same kind of situation. <laughs> That's fucking great. So you have another night, which means you have another mini game. Oh. But this time you're foxy. Again, you go through the exact same thing. Night five begins and phone guy is there to greet you once more. And he wants to remind you that the safety room is not a break room, but a room in case of emergency. Now, this is different from the security room. This sounds like a panic room. Yeah, it's basically like a panic room. This is where you're supposed to go to if you're bleeding and you don't want the children to see you. That kind of thing. <laughs> the look of horror on your face. I'm putting it together and I'm so scared for everyone involved. <laughs> Customers are never permitted in the safety room. Because fuck them. And also the Springlock Bonnie costume has been moved. And this is a reminder that this is not safe to wear. Mm. Oh my God. And they found her in the... Oh no. The night ends and we have a new mini game. Uh-huh. This time you play as a character we've seen once before. You're playing... As the little dead girl. Emily? Henry's, Hen Henry Emily is the name. Emily's not her name. Oh, excuse me. Henry's daughter. Henry's daughter. Yes. The little girl who William murdered outside of Freddy Fazbear's. Oh, poor Henry's daughter. And this time she gets to the locked room and she can go through. Oh, good. And on the other side is four other dead children. Oh. 
along with the purple man. Oh, no. And in the corner is that Springlock Bonnie costume that we heard about earlier. Ugh. Upon seeing the dead kids coming back to haunt him, Purple Man runs around screaming and terrified. Hmm. And he sees the Bonnie costume and decides to protect himself inside of it. The ghosts can't get me if I'm a rabbit. And he forgets to secure the spring locks inside the costume. <gasps> the animatronics spring back into place, crushing and killing William Afton <gasps> once and for all. He's killed by his own design. And the little kids all fade away as he dies. Because they're released. Night six. Um, what the fuck? Stop! <laughs> this We're game. fine here. This is a great stopping point. Oh, this is why three was supposed to be the end. Yeah. And there's still more to go. Oh, fuck me. Phone guy says that the safety room in every location is going to be boarded up due to an incident at one of the locations. They will be sealed and everything left inside will be boarded up as well. And if you left anything in there, that's on you. I left a banana in there. Sorry, guys. Also, this room is never to be mentioned to anyone ever again. Not friends, not family or insurance agents. Can we talk about how they clearly found these tapes, listened to them and said, no, nah, it's fine. Let's just bust the door open and <laughs> grab whatever props are in there. Like, you know, someone left a sandwich and it smells like death. Right. Aside from the actual smell of death. In this one, instead of getting your paycheck at the end of the week, you get a newspaper article saying that the ride burned down before it ever even opened. Well, you have direct deposit now. <laughs> oh, my God. And that any and all surviving equipment was sold at auction. No, like in Phantom of the Opera. It keeps coming back. <laughs> Lot 666. <laughs> so this game also features another series of mini games where the different characters of Freddy's have to collect cake. Okay, and the cake is not a lie in this situation. I want it to be. This game is stressful. GLaDOS, take me home. And they all end with this character, whichever character you're playing as, bringing cake to one of the dead children. Oh. And the dead child at the end always looks up just before it fades away. Hmm. The final mini game in this series features the puppet, or the girl that is Henry's daughter. Yeah. And she's walking through a Freddy's where a bunch of kids are wearing Freddy's masks and they're all celebrating their birthdays with cakes. Mm -hmm. And these kids are in full color and alive. When a kid is dead, they're grayed out. Okay, to show that they're a ghost. Yeah, and then kids that are alive are in full color. And there are these balloons in the air as you go through. And the final screen has a room full of dead kids. Ugh. And they're all wearing Freddy character masks ah. because they've been these characters for so many years. And the puppet approaches a crying child in front of a cake. And the crying child looks up and all of the kids disappear, leaving the masks behind. Oh. And the balloons float up and away, releasing the spirits of the children from the animatronics. Oh, my God. And this game does have like a good ending and a bad ending. Oh. So if you didn't get to that cake portion, you get the bad ending. Oh. And the bad ending just shows all of the uh, Freddy character masks and all of their eyes are lit up. Ah. If you get the good ending, they show all the masks and there's no light in any of the eyes. Because the kids have found peace. Because the, the kids have found peace. Oh, this is fucking stressful. <laughs> this game is going to, it's making me want to binge drink. You know, I, I was shocked at all this shit. I was not expecting any of this. I really undersold this as a jump scare chaser. Right. It is, at the end of the day. <laughs> I feel like functionally it is. Yeah, and I said there's no blood or gore. In that 8-bit section where he gets like trapped inside of the rabbit suit, 
it does show red leaking out of the suit. Well, it's William, so fuck that guy. But it's an 8-bit. It's like bright red. It doesn't look gory by any stretch of the imagination. Fair enough. So that is the bloodiest thing that we get out of this series. Mm -hmm. But it does lead us into Five Nights at Freddy's 4. Which was supposed to be the final chapter. The supposed to be final chapter. 3 was supposed to be the final chapter. 4 is also supposed to be the final chapter. And it's like the midpoint now that there's nine games. Right. (laughs) It's like how Kiss is always on goodbye tours. Yeah, exactly. But this is the most different of the four games. Okay. You have to interpret it, and it's probably the saddest of all of them so far. Really? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Ah. So we are finally no longer a security guard. Oh, did we get a promotion? No. You know, there are theories that we are the same person that we were as the security guard, which is supposed to be Michael Afton through all those. Okay. You are supposed to be as as that person. Uh, so it is theorized that we could possibly be him in this. We could be him dreaming. Uh, we could be... We don't know. It is very hard to tell who the main character is in this. This one's not confirmed. Because we are playing as a small child. Oh. And you are in a child's bedroom. Oh, Instead no. of a security office. Being a child is the worst thing to be in this game. Right? Don't be a child. Children do not have great fates in this game at all. No. This game actually opens up in one of those 8-bit minigames. Okay. And it starts with five nights until the party. (gasps) Oh, no. So we are playing as a small child, and we have a toy, what I'm going to call Teddy Freddy. Teddy Freddy? And it is talking to us, explaining that we are locked in our room again. Because you don't have a phone guy, because why the fuck would a phone man be calling a small child? Right, exactly. And he tells you not to be scared and that he's there with you. Oh, thank you, Teddy Freddy. So he's a very protective bear. Good bear. And you are this small child and you are visibly crying. Oh. And you try to get out of your room, but to no avail. And you have a pile of Freddy toys in the corner and the foxy one is missing its head. Pound on the room to your door and nothing happens and you curl into a ball and cry. Oh. And Freddy says, tomorrow is another day. What a sweet bear. Okay, this one's hopeful. Why did you say this one is sad? Night one. In this game, you find yourself in that child's bedroom, like I said, and it's completely dark. You have a flashlight and this one at least has unlimited battery. Nice. So you don't have any kind of like resource management on that. Cool. You can go left, right, or straight ahead. To your left and right are hallways that go like into the main part of the house, and you can actually run to these doors. Oh, cool. So this is the most movement in the series to the date. (laughs) Actual movement period. Yeah. You run over the doors and you can shut the door. Okay. But you can only hold the door shut. You can't like shut it and leave it shut. Okay. Straight ahead is your closet, Mm -hmm. which a kid's closet is always the scariest fucking place. Obviously, there's monsters in there. And in this situation, probably actually. Actual monsters. And then you could also look behind you to your bed where your bear is sitting, like, on the bed. Just go to bed. Just go to sleep. <laughs> just go to fucking sleep. Honestly, this game is just, like, classic bump in the night horror. Like Tattletale. Yeah. Uh, there's 12 variations of the same characters we've seen throughout the series. There's just, there's, like, ghost versions. There's falling apart versions. It's pretty much the same four characters, though. Okay. Zero dialogue in the entire game. Oh, no. So nobody voiced anything. There's nothing like that. The story is told entirely in the minigames. Interesting. Which, again, resulted in people not really knowing what's going on. Yeah, fair. Like, is this 
Some speculate that it's the week leading up to the unnamed kid's birthday. Some have speculated that it's Michael dreaming about his younger brother. Some think that it's just a normal or a coma dream. And again, Scott Coughlin refuses to confirm or deny any of these theories. Because fuck you, I'm going to make 80 more of these games in the next two months. You figure it out. <laughs> the way I see it is as the same kid from the mini games that are in this game. Mm-hmm. And I think it is the unnamed son. William's third son that didn't get a name. Yeah. And I think that he kind of lives like this Tommy Pickles life with <laughs> his dad being like this mysterious toy inventor. That's fair. And that sometimes these toys get loose. And so this kid is kind of terrified of his dad's creations. That's why he's crying all the time. Oh. He may have even seen his sister get killed. That's why he didn't get a name. <laughs> and he seems to be stuck alone in his house with the animatronics just roaming around. <laughs> and he's terrified of them. And he also just has a vivid imagination and like shadows cause more fear. But those things can't kill you, you know? Right. Uh, it's only the wandering animatronics that can kill you in this one. So in between the nights, you play the mini games as the crying unknown kid in your house. So the next night it says four nights until the party. You get to explore the house, at least in this mini game, and you go and you find your toys broken in different rooms. And Teddy Freddy tells you that he won't stop until you find him. He's not saying that Teddy Freddy won't stop. He's talking about an unknown he. We're playing the pronoun game. Yeah. He's, oh, no. He's playing the pronoun game with that. And you wander around the house until eventually someone jumps out from behind the TV wearing a foxy mask and laughs at you as you curl into a ball and cry. That sounds like a big brother or big sister fucking with you. <laughs> so that does feel like it is William's like third unnamed child. Yeah, definitely. Because fuck you, little kid. And then you also get to play another mini game in between every night called Fun with Plush Trap. Mm-hmm. And this is the spring trap bad guy from the third game. Oh, no. And except it's made into like a small stuffy. Oh. And it sits on a chair in a hallway and it stays still if you shine a flashlight on it, but it moves when you turn the flashlight off. Hey, stuffy. And then there's an X in the middle of the hallway. And if you turn on your flashlight as it's like sitting on the X, you get two hours taken off the next night. Oh. So it is just a way of it's like a little cheat, basically. That's kind of cool, though. We haven't seen that mechanic in any of these so far. No, not yet. Because you've been working. (laughs) (laughs) So night two, and it is three days until the party. And you are at Freddy's under a table crying. Mm. And your Teddy Freddy says that he left you there. Oh. He knows you hate it here. And Freddy tells you to run. And you run into a person who is in a Freddy costume. And it scares you and you run in the other direction Uh because these animatronics scare the fucking shit out of you. Yeah. And you run into the animatronic versions in the other direction. Nope. So now you're just sandwiched by these characters that scare you and you curl into a ball and cry. Yeah, reasonably. This is the most relatable this game has been so far. (laughs) Now night three comes and it's two days until the party and you awake under a table crying again. And Freddy tells you that he hates you and that you have another chance to escape. Again, Freddy's not saying that Freddy hates you. It's that Mr. He hates you. And I actually think it's a different he. I think there are two he's that he's referencing. Huh. I think one you'd said the the brother. (laughs) 
And I think the other is the dad. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, it feels like one of them's probably William. Yeah, I think there are two he's that Freddy references here. Yeah. You wander around Freddy's and you talk to some of the kids and one mentions that she heard the machines come to life at night and that if you die, they hide your body and don't tell anyone. Confirmed. At a girl. Tee hee hee. See you at the party. Oh my God. <laughs> the fuck. And then you see an older kid who laughs at you for always crying and being a scaredy cat. And then finally, another kid asks if you're going to the party and then realizes, of course, you're going to the party. It's your birthday. Oh, that kid's stupid. <laughs> so you make it home and you run into your bedroom only to be scared by the person in the foxy mask as they jump out from underneath your bed. What a dick. And you curl into a ball and cry. Night four. Mm. One day until the party. You're crying, kid, once again, and you're locked in a room with a bunch of animatronics that have been taken apart. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. They want this kid to... Maybe it's a young William having a fucking spiral, because this person's definitely growing up to be a serial killer. Oh, yeah, and these machines Ugh. are missing their heads, they're missing limbs, they're missing the skin, and crying kid is just begging to be let out. And, like, you said you had someone who said their nephew had an eight-year-old birthday party themed around this shit? Yep. Did they understand what they did? I don't think they had the lore part of it. I think they just had the characters. Ah, this is dark. <laughs> well, crying kid is begging to be let out and nobody answers. So he curls into a ball and cries. Been there, buddy. Night five. Day of the party. Mm-hmm. So you're at Freddy's and you are surrounded by a bunch of older kids wearing Freddy character masks. Now they're all in color. Okay, so they're alive. So everybody's alive in this. One of them says, your brother is kind of a baby. Revealing that the person wearing the foxy mask was actually Michael, who is your older brother. Oh. And you're on your knees crying, and one suggests that they give you a closer look. And Michael and his friends lift you up and carry you to the stage. And the whole time, you're like begging to be let go and put down. They say, hear that? He wants to get closer. Oh my god. They take you right up to the animatronic Freddy singing on the stage, and one says, hear that? He wants to give Freddy a kiss. And they lift you up to Freddy's mouth and place your head inside of it. And Freddy chomps down, <gasps> giving us the bite of 87. Oh. And if you remember what Phone Guy said, you can live without your frontal lobe. <gasps> no! What? <gasps> no! Oh my god! Night six uh, comes no, around. No, 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 shut the fuck up. <laughs> I am having a moment. I did forget that, and now I'm very stressed yeah. out. Yeah. This kid got maimed at his own birthday. Oh, and everything, like, goes silent. Like, all the, like, friends stop laughing. Everybody just kind of stops and looks like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we're on night six now. Ugh. And we're in a black void with Crying Kid. Mm-hmm. And... Teddy Freddy is there, and the rest of your toys, including the headless Foxy, are there. And you can see Michael's words, like, trying to get through to him. And he's, like, begging, like, please forgive me. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, please wake up. Mm -hmm. Oh, please wake up. Oh. Yeah. Oof. And Teddy Freddy tells you that you're broken. Oh. But that he and his friends will help put you back together. Oh. And they each fade away, ending with you. Night seven. Oh. Yeah. Oh. First night seven. And that one ends on a lockbox 
with two locks on it. And they just both like jingle the locks. And then words appear that say, perhaps some things are best left forgotten for now. The end. Shut the fuck up. Are you fucking serious? And as always, Scott Cawthon refuses to confirm or deny any and all rumors as to what is inside the box. What's in the box? Still to this day, nobody knows. Oh, I'm so stressed out. <laughs> oh my god. So that is the lore of Five Nights of Freddy's as best as I can give it to you, as factually as I can give it to you, in terms of what the fuck happened there. How you feeling? Upset. I want to go back in time and not do this. <laughs> that, was, that was stressful and so much darker than I thought it ever could be. Right? I really thought it was just animatronics that like magically sparked to life with some AI and eight kids. Oh, yeah. I and didn't think we were time hopping. I didn't think there was family drama. I didn't think we'd get another gaming Henry. Ugh, there's ghost kids. The future lore really dives more into the immortality sides of things and how that's possible. I didn't want to get into that because it's not touched upon in any of the like, the first four at all. Yeah, this is like the core lore. This is the core lore, yeah. And so the Springtrap Rabbit is William's spirit trapped inside of it. So mm -hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's 3, he was the actual bad guy in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, the kids uh, trapped his soul inside one of the animatronics. But, you know, he kind of wins. Also, he becomes immortal, which is what he always wanted. Yeah. At what cost? At what cost, though? Exactly, right? A lot of dead kids. Yeah. Michael also becomes the Purple Man for a while. Oh. Yeah, his own version of it. Uh, I don't think he really does any purposeful killing. I think, you know, his little brother was really what fucked him up the most. Totally. Reasonably so. Yeah. And again, there's so many theories. There's so much shit. There's so much MatPat. <laughs> Go and dive into that if you want to just really lose your mind on things. But I've already lost my mind on the canonical hard confirmed lore. Like, this, is, <laughs> this was too much, man. This was some darkness that I, uh, I am ready to escape for quite a long time. Yeah. I don't even want pizza for a while. This was too much. I don't want to dive back into the world of Five Nights at Freddy's for quite some time. There you go, fuckers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you asked for it. You asked for this, everybody. So have a bummer day now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can see why this was highly requested, though, because it does sound like this lore is a little convoluted and it's tricky to line up because it's not linear. It's not linear at all. This was so hard to put together. I'm not going to lie. This was one of the most difficult episodes I've had to do. Ugh, bless your heart. Thank you for running through the most difficult fucking game. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I ran Tattletale. Like that's yeah. such a fraction and sliver of what this world is. Like, but I can see the uh, inspiration that it took from this world entirely. Yeah, there's a lot of hard confirms, and there's a lot of hard won't confirms. <laughs> hard never confirms. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> uh. So we've got a bunch of crying dead kids, but their spirits are free. Mm -hmm. and William Afton, who is definitely paying for his sins. In a hell of his own making. Yep. Oh, my Lord, that was wild. Yeah. Okay, so, guys, we did this one because we did get emails and requests for this one. So many. So if you have a game that's hopefully just a sliver lighter than FNAF. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any more dark games to cover. I, I mean, hope there's not. Holy shit. I know Silent Hill's pretty dark, but that's just zombies and ghosts and shit, right? 
I don't know. I don't don't know say Zom- that I don't now. Know Silent Hill. <laughs> You're really shooting yourself in the foot. I know there. PT was like a prequel to Silent Hill or some shit too, wasn't it? Was it was a playable teaser. Yeah. I think that's what the PT stood for. That was for. supposed to be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa follows you around and everything falls apart. Yeah. Yeah, I did Outlast. This was fucking fine. Like <laughs> compared to FNAF. <laughs> Fuck this. It makes it's really disturbing that kids are so into this. Right. Like when you see a little kid with a fin- like a Freddy Fazbear shirt now, it's like, oh no. Yeah, you should not know that. But I think it's also one of those situations where it's that lore is for the adults. Yeah, you that's know, fair. the kids don't recognize that lore mm-hmm. because I had to dig for this. Yeah, this is not laid out very plainly for me to figure out. This is interpretation. This is getting things confirmed through other media. Totally. A lot of other pieces of material that came together to piece this together. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. Well, thank you, Tom. That was fucking great. Absolutely. I need a hug. All right, Goombas. I can't go any further. No. There's nothing left to be said about Five Nights and Freddy's, and yet there's probably tons left to be said about uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. But we're done for now. But if you do have any suggestions of games that are, please, for the love of fuck, lighter, <laughs> our email is in the show notes. Uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram, The Other Castle. And if you are on a media platform, if you had fun with us we'd love it if you could leave us a rating and if possible a review we'd love it just to say hi we're saying hi back virtually we promise please and thank you yep all right until next time i'm going to bed bye guys bye